It Never Rains is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Pac-12 football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Checking out is a breeze on the GameTime app. Once you've pinpointed the seats you want, simply click the listing and check out. It's that simple. Use the GameTime two-step checkout next time you're looking for great deals on tickets. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score some awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Stop. It never rains at Austin Stadium. Hey, happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to It Never Rains. Tyson Alger here, joined by Aaron Fentress. Aaron, uh, nice nice little weekend in L.A., right? Yeah, very, very nice weekend. Um, beautiful night for football, day for football, whatever you want to call it. I guess it was both. And a very big win for the Ducks. A very big win. So before before we get into the, uh, you know, this, this side stuff about Oregon and the college football playoff and being 8-1 and one and all that, I, I think my most pressing question is – how jarring was it to go from like sunny and eighty, where we can be in the press <laughs> open air press box, to back in the Pacific Northwest where it's foggy and cold? And uh, at that Seahawks game, you had to cover on Sunday. You know, it was chilly, but I was I actually was indoors. So that's always nice. But it was a beautiful chilly. Like it wasn't too cold, and it was really sunny out. It was actually a perfect football day. I don't. I think football should be played in the fall when you get a little bit of the elements, but not wet necessarily, not too cold, but it should be a little chilly outside with a nice sunny day. It was a perfect, perfect afternoon. I, I spent, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I caught, I caught a little bit of that, that, that Seahawks game. Um, my, my wife flew down to LA, uh, for this weekend with, with me. Um, it was, it was my birthday. So, so happy thank you. birthday. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so so we, we we caught a late flight out of LA yesterday and did like a kind of whole touristy stuff during the day and nice. went out to uh, went all went all fancy and went out to like Malibu and got some lunch and it was just beautiful. Did you we dress spent up fancy? I, I, how long have you known me? Are there photos? You said you got all fancy. <laughs> I want to see you fancy. Did she no, dress no, you no. up? No no no. Did no, she no. clean I, you uh, up? Yeah yeah. You know you know me. I I was uh I was just. Going around Malibu in my Porsche in like a velvet one piece uh, a jumpsuit, <laughs> there, you know, um, like George Costanza. Ex- exactly, you know, if uh, it, it, you know, if, if 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 you've married right and she allows it, it's a it's it's a good life. So um, I must have married wrong because I don't know how many times per week I'll come downstairs and she'd be like, "You're going outside looking like that." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> He's like, oh no, you're not. Not with me. I've, I've seen your golf bucket hat. You know that that thing's. Uh, I, I actually, this is a perfect segue because uh, I want to talk a little bit about the scene that you saw in the the Coliseum on a, a Saturday where my uh, golf bucket hat, where, where my you, Tiger Woods hat. Well so, well, so you brought your your red Tiger Woods hat, but then you also brought out your sun hat just in case. Oh yeah, I did have my sun yeah. hat. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's get into the game here a little bit where, where Oregon thoroughly uh, took down USC in the Coliseum, kind of em- embarrassing the Trojans and, and I think probably likely putting the nail in, in the Clay, Hel- Clay Helton era. Um, we'll get into the nitty gritty of the game, but you actually watched the game in the stands um, for, for kind of a story angle you're working on. 
don't want to give away your entire story, but just just out of curiosity, like what was that scene like? Because when I when I got down to the field at the end of the game, it was pretty much just Oregon fans left, and it kind of sounded like an Oregon home game. There was "Let's Go Ducks" ringing out across across the Coliseum. It was it was quite the uh, um, kind of quite the embarrassment for for USC with Oregon kind of coming into their backyard with a lot of these SoCal players and and kicking their butts down there. Definitely. So first off, I spent the day with the Red family. They had um, uh, Jalen Reds from the LA area, and so they had seventy four people there. They, t- they got tickets for seventy four people. Uh, so it was a huge, obviously, you know, group of fans and uh, not fans of friends and family, people from school, high, high school, et cetera, et cetera. So I hung out with them at the, at the tailgate, and then went over the, with them to the stadium, and then sat in the stands with them uh, for most of the game. However, a side note to this, man. Let me just say. Watching a game in the parents section is worth the price of admission. Like, I never want to go back in the press box again. Y'all boring. Because true. <laughs> facts. This is true. I, I'm not. Listen, I'm not going to give away any names. Okay, because it would be wrong. Because I was, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to drop any dimes on people. But oh my god, imagine high school parent from hell. On steroids, because that's how it was. There were three moms. I'm not going to name them, but oh, my God. One of them had a call on their boy, and she went nuts, just <laughs> screaming. There was profanity. Another one was like, get that bleepity bleep. Another mom was just you know, mad because something happened. I can't remember exactly what happened to her son, but I was sitting like maybe a row over with a dad who was married to one of the moms. And I go, is this why you're not sitting with your wife? He goes, man, I never sit with her. She, she, she's like, she, they'd be going off. And then one of the moms, I knew one of the moms pretty well because I had written about her kid before. Another mom I never met, but we knew each other on Twitter. But she was yelling something at the field. And then she looked over and she saw me. And I just had this look at my face like, oh, my God. And she looked at me. She pointed at me. and She started cracking up. And then another dad, I was talking to him later. And he was sitting away from his wife. He goes, oh, yeah, man. He goes, the wives, are, the moms are way worse than dads. It's not even close. Like, the dads are just all nervous, and the moms are just like, that's my baby. That's my baby. And just they, they take everything personally. So that was entertaining as hell. I considered it all kind of off the record. I won't drop any you know, names of who was saying <laughs> Aaron, what. Aaron, this, this podcast's on the record. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's why I'm not giving names. No, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to say who said what exactly. Because that, you know, I would have to tell them, hey, I'm going to do a story on you guys yelling at the field before I did something like that. But... It was. I'm never going back in the press box. I might watch every first half from from down there because it was just hilarious. Um, well, in the in the press box, we had um, a nice <laughs> a nice halftime spread of some pretzels, and um, there was uh, some. But good but when yeah. so so when the game started out slowly, they were really really freaking out. But as things turned around, then it was like more joyous and very festive. It was cool. Like it was fun being in that atmosphere. Right. I was, so I was happy they won. So so. Let me let me ask you when when Oregon started out those first three drives where it was punt really bad Herbert interception uh, and then punt again did did you kind of start getting that like all right let's let's start looking up Alamo Bowl tickets here feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alamo Bowl would be next wouldn't it after Rose right is it Rose Alamo or Rose Holiday I always forget. The, the funny thing about the Alamo Bowl is is Oregon fans kind of hold it in like such disdain but like it's actually like. 
in, in the realm of like bowl tiers, like it's it's a pretty reputable bowl. I think it's just the fact that one Ducks Oregon fans were pissed that they went there in 2013 because they thought they were going to go to a, a, you know Rose Bowl or or whatever. And then the 2015 year when it was 31-0 at the half, I I, I think the Alamo Bowl is uh, like the, uh, the the scorned the scorned child of uh, of the bowl family when when uh, Oregon fans were well, thinking plus, about it. Plus, it's in a dark, dreary dome. It just feels like a lower, like I, I'm just always shocked it's a higher tier bowl. And and you you went, were you at the one in 13? No, you were I at was, that I, one. I, I wasn't Dude, at was, the one in 13, I was, was like, at 15. That was 95% Texas fans, which you would expect. It was in Texas. But Duck fans boycotted that game after going to Fiesta Rolls and National Championship and Rose in a row. They, they boycotted that game. And hardly anyone was there for the TCU game as well. I don't blame them. I didn't want to be there. It's, I, it's, not a, it's not a cool bowl at all, in my estimation. I will say I do like the Riverwalk down there. There's some nice restaurants. Um, yeah, I, I mean it's uh, nice town and everything, but I don't care about that. I care about the bowl. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I wasn't. I wasn't really thinking that. I just. I. It was really early. I kind of worried because I. I thought going in that I thought the offense for USC would would do some things, um, and they did some things, but not as much as I thought they would. The freshman got exposed once they figured him out. Um, so it. it you know, early on, I'm thinking well, this at the very least is going to be a good game. I did not think it was over or that they were going to run away with it. But when they got down to five, I think it was 10-7 there on the, at the five, the chance to score, and then that fumble happened. And the fact right. that the Ducks marched 95 yards. Like, it ha- like, again, I was hanging out with the parents. So I was paying attention, but not as close as I would in the press box. And they got the fumble, and everyone was all happy and excited. And then next thing I know, it's like I blinked, and they were on the 20 going in. Right. And I was like, whoa, they're about to complete a 95-yard drive. And then they scored, and then the pick six happened next. Right. Yeah. The, it, it went. It went. Ninety-five yard drive. Pick six. USC scored to make it look like USC was going to make things close before the, the half. Return, and right? then, and then Michael Wright went hundred yard house call. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so that, that, was, that, when that, I, was, that pick six happened. I felt like, yeah, they're going to win this game. How? How? Uh, I, I wrote about this a little bit this morning, but you know, there was there was so much kind of emphasis on on the California kids in that game, and um, you know, right. obviously that was kind of the angle that you were talking about, but. Uh, Brady Breeze repping the state of Oregon there with the, the pick six. Yeah. He was the one that recovered that fumble. I think he had like seven or eight tackles too. Um, you know the 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 guys from from this state are kind of few and far between on this uh, this team these these days. But between Herbert and I think Lamar Winston and, and Breeze now, you have you have three guys uh, uh, from from the state here making some solid contributions. Yeah, Breeze came in as a, as a big time four star safety. Um, he started a handful of games um, over the years. No, actually, uh, he, he he said he hasn't started a game yet. So he's I never don't started he, a game. Oh no, yeah. I, I should say he's he's been listed before on, at first on the depth chart. Correct. I guess you're right. He's never Correct. started. I thought I thought coming into last year he was listed first, but then he got beaten out by some, anyway. Um, but it's kind of like him him and Pickett kind of back and forth yeah. on, on the depth chart for a little bit. Yeah, but. exactly. Uh, but it's good. Yeah, it's good to see him because it, it feels like. He came in as sort of the safety of the future, and then they got Pickett, and then they got Holland, who kind of supplanted him. But it's good to see him playing and making a huge contribution because he's a really good player. Like, if he's your number three safety, you're in really good shape. Actually, he's probably number four because um, McKinley plays safety too. But to right. see him play a lot is, is good. The uh, so, so the thing about this game is uh, Oregon continues to impress me in the – the different ways that they're able to win games because uh, last week it was CJ Verdell rushing for 250 plus yards and in the ground game, absolutely dominating um, against Washington. It was, it was kind of Herbert getting things going with Cyrus in the, in the backfield. And in this week it was uh, you know, I, I don't think the offense was absolutely humming at the start of the game, but like this, this defense kind of came back and, and was really opportunistic and you had the pick six, you had a Diamador with a 45 yard touch, uh, interception return and i i think as we 
the next thing I want to talk about is kind of Oregon getting through this gauntlet that that we had hyped up coming into this last month of, of the Washington, Washington State, USC. I think that's the thing that's impressed me the most in that stretch is is if something's not working for the Ducks, something else always seems seems to be. I mean, it's they're not always winning in, in the same type of fashion. Hey, that's the mark of a complete team, right? I mean, that, you know, you got to be flexible. You got to be able to adapt to the situation. And if your defense is dominating, you can, you know, not have to worry about as much on offense. If the defense is giving up points, offense has to crank it up. If you have some things go your way, you have to be resilient, especially on the road when, when things go, don't go your way like they didn't at Washington to start, like they didn't at USC to start. I mean, those, those are the things that resonate big time, you know, and, and show that this is a team that as they move along, you know, when they play Utah, that's going to be rough. You know, that, that's going to be a tough game. We don't know how it's going to go, but the Ducks have pretty much demonstrated that they can adapt to most situations. So that, to me, at least makes it more likely that I feel like they're going to be able to win that game. Pete Carroll said something yesterday in that regard regarding beating you know a Tampa Bay team that you would think going in, well, they're way better than Tampa Bay, but we all know the NFL is like, you know, two and 10 can beat 10 and two any time. But he said, you know, these types of games prepare your young players for future type games like this, regardless of the opponent. And that's the same thing with Oregon, you know, to, to play that poorly early and have all that going against you and to come back the way they did and just shellac, not a great, but a very talented team is impressive and important. No doubt. So the ducks are eight and one. Now they are number seven in the AP poll. They, they remained there um, for the second week in a row with the an initial college football playoff rankings come out Tuesday night, which in case you needed a reminder, mean nothing. <laughs> but it's fun Is it? and it gives us plenty to talk about. Um, but be- be- before we talk about, you know, Oregon standing in there, just at eight and one, what do you think about this team right now? Uh, I feel like obviously they're, they're good. I'm not sold on them being great. Cause I haven't seen them be great against greatness. Um, which is unfair because it's not their f- fault that there hasn't been any greatness on the ro- on the schedule, right? But you know, Washington and right. Washington State are down. They barely beat them. USC has great athletes, but clearly they have issues. But how, you know, they, they barely lost at Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's not that great this year, or whatever. So it's kind of hard, you know, to me. Like they played that game ten times. They don't win by that many points that many times. Like that was like sort of the far end spectrum of things, right? Um, so it's just one of those nights. So you give them credit for doing it, but I don't think they're that much better than USC. I'm still not bought, I'm buying that this is, you know, a true top 10 team even. Like, it's, it's I would have to see them against those teams. Um, I don't feel like this team is as good as the great Oregon teams we've seen in the past. Like, I, don't, I think 2010 would crush them. I think 2012 would crush them. I think 2013, 14 would beat this team, like, by a few touchdowns. Um, so it's kind of hard to tell. Like, I, I, I'm kind of waiting for Utah now. Like, get, get me to Utah, and then that that would impress me if they beat Utah. So right now, I don't think they're a top-four team. So I don't. I think they're going to have a tough time getting in because I think the perception is going to be that way as well across the nation. Yeah, I I, I think they deserve to be a top-10 team. I, I I think kind of like that 7, 8, 9 ranking is probably about just just because, you know, like you said, we outside of that Auburn game, um, we haven't really seen them um, face face the type of competition that they're in the discussions with right now, and, and that's that's not their fault at all. So I would give it more, you know, I, I think it would be unfair to not say that this team is, is very good, but it's more like an, an incomplete just because, you know, you don't have that 
that eye test of, of how this team is going to be able to compete against that level. But man, I, I tell you what, I am, I'm pretty stoked about the title, the incoming title game with, uh, um, you know, most likely Utah because Utah is, is right behind Oregon. Uh, the Utes have found themselves into the, I mean, like that, that could be a, if, if both Oregon and Utah went out, like the winner of the Pac-12 title game could Absolutely. legitimately end up in the Absolutely. playoff, which would be, which, which is, kind of amazing if you're utah because for i feel like ever since they've even been at this level as a program they, they haven't quite gotten the uh, the level of risk i mean they haven't been an elite team but they've been a very good team for the past like five six seven years and like they if, if you're in salt lake city right now and you're looking at this you go like man if we win out we make the playoff and, and a, a win over oregon in that title game that's a really good win for them um same thing for, thing for the ducks and um, Utah, but uh, they got to win out, and I mean Oregon yeah. State looms, man. <laughs> yeah, Oregon State. Could, I, I love it. I I want them to come back so badly. I remember a couple, few years people say, "Oh, they'll never win there." I'm like, they've won there before. They get the right coach, the right QB, especially they're going to win again. They're, they're probably going to win the conference, but they're going to be a threat. Um, just to clarify, I'm not saying they don't deserve to be ranked in the top ten, Oregon. I'm just saying because right, I right, right, right. It, but I just want people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I would probably take every team within the top 10 to beat them, except maybe Utah. Like Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma might smoke them. You know, by smoke, I mean two touchdowns. But anyway, I digress. Um, no, I that Utah, that Utah game is going to be awesome. And <laughs> I've always been of the mind that if you're 12-1, and one, you win the Pac-12, you're going to get in. I just believe things will always fall into place for that to happen. They, the only two times we've seen 12-1 and one teams were Oregon 14 and uh, – you dub a couple years ago, and they both got in. Now, a lot of things have to happen this year, but they always happen in November and early December. That's the whole point. That's why you keep playing out the season. So I still believe a 12-1 Pac-12 team will get in, but it's going to be difficult. There's going to have to be a couple of upsets that, that go against other teams in the top six. The, the the one place where I will say the conversation about the Ducks in the, the remainder of their season is uh, changing is, and, and granted, I mean, uh, th- this is something that can make me sound real stupid in two weeks, but... Um, for a lot of this year, it felt like, ah, oh, man, you still have to, you know, you have this road game at USC, you have this road game at Arizona State, uh, you know, Oregon hasn't been great on the road, all that, those sorts of things. Like the one thing that like we've seen this year, I mean, obviously since they've won eight straight is like Oregon beats teams that, I mean, Oregon takes care of teams that are worse than it. And there's nobody on its schedule the rest of the year that's better than them, maybe other than Utah at the very end. But like, I... I feel like this team's well coached enough and, and has enough like veteran savvy players right now that I, I don't I don't see them as a team that's like a very has a very high level of being like upset by like, you know, like Arizona in two weeks. Like, I, I just don't feel like that's a, a possibility right now. And and like I said, this can make me sound really bad right now, but they they're they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do against against these battle, not bad teams, but these. Right. These the the only. Teams. Okay. I'm with you 100%. They're, they're going to kill Arizona, I think. Arizona's probably checked out. They just gave a 56 to Oregon State. Like, they're going to kill them. I think Arizona State is, a, is semi-dangerous um, because they're pretty well coached. They've, they've had some decent wins. They've obviously looked real bad at times, but it's, it's down there. And I, I think Oregon only loses if they turn the ball over three or four times. But those things happen. Like, every once in a while in the Pac-12, some team, good team has a bad day and another team has a good day. So that, to me, is a little dangerous. But when I say a little dangerous, I mean I think they have an 80% chance to win that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty much going to book for the Pac-12 title game today, but I'll do it on Southwest so I can change just in case, but <laughs> I'm going to try and book that bad boy, uh, right now. But you know, here, and I have to be fair too, because I like 
sometimes people harp on the schedule of the teams they play and it's always important teams they cover and it's always important to check out other team schedules um, and what they've done. Like you look at Clemson, like Clemson has won a couple of national titles in the last few years. We've seen them on a national stage. So we all know what their pedigree has been, so to speak. But when you look at their schedule, like they almost lost to North Carolina, like it was 21 to 10. They're playing in what I think is a much weaker conference than the Pac-12. The ACC is not a very good conference at all. So, you know, you can very easily say, well, what about Clemson? They're not that great. But then you see 59-7, 45-10 over Louisville, 45-14, 50. You just see bigger numbers over some of the lesser teams that Oregon has not produced. So that's why I give Clemson the edge. But every team, no matter how good they are, they have those bad days like Oregon kind of sort of had against Washington State. To me, that was a bad day because they sh- Oregon, Oregon should beat them by two or three touchdowns, I think. Um but those things happen, and it shouldn't take too much away from them. And you know that's that's the yeah. game Oregon's lost the last few years, where you know they 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 they've they've definitely lost games to teams they should have beaten for yeah. pretty much since 2016. I mean, you can go back to uh, you know Nebraska, Colorado, all all those things that kind of did the Helfrich era in, and um, you know I, I think Willie's year in 2017 is hard hard to gauge because Herbert was hurt for half of the thing, and you know unfortunately Braxton Burmeister couldn't throw it further than like 15 yards. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm, that that's that's mean. Uh, Braxton Burmeister could throw it. It was just he couldn't really move on past his first receiver. He um, couldn't anticipate. He couldn't anticipate a read. He couldn't deliver it on time. He just was he's overwhelmed. He should have been the fourth. He was recruited to be the fourth string quarterback. Like it wasn't. I felt bad for the kid. It yeah. wasn't his fault that two other guys transferred because they couldn't. You know, handle being a backup. Was, was was there any part of you? I mean, obviously, obviously, and I wrote about this a little bit in my thoughts piece today. Nobody wanted to see Herbert miss any time in that game. But was there a little part of you that because like the game wasn't completely done at that point? Was there any part of you that was like? What can Tyler Shuck do in a in meaningful time here? You mean in terms of getting Herbert out earlier? No, when 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 Herbert got took the helmet to the knee and he missed those like two or three plays, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, is Herbert going to be out?" Um, Shuck oh, Shuck, yeah. Shuck came oh, in. Oh yeah, and I think I, it was, that's the other side of it. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to see what Tyler Shuck's made of at this point. I mean, they they were pretty much in control right there. They, right? they were up by I think it was. It wasn't quite the full-on blowout yet. I think they were up by like two or three. Like it was, it was still like manageable. Like if you're USC and you go right. like, okay, yeah. we're down by like two scores here, the backup quarter, so like early and, third quarter, right? Yeah, early, yeah, quarter. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. And to me, the Tyler Shuck mystery is the coolest mystery on the team. Like because that's going to define the next few years after this, right? I mean, how good he is. He came in through a nice touchdown to Pittman on, a, on the crossing route over the middle. So he's he's definitely showing promise. But yeah, when Herbert went down, man. The the parent section, woo! It was quiet, dude. People were like, "Oh my god!" Oh, I bet hands on their head. People were like, "Oh, what does this mean?" He was down there for a long time. People were like waiting for him to pop up. I kept looking for because when he was down there for at least over a minute and a half, whatever, I was like, "Okay, this is bad." Looking for the stretcher. Popped up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Boopy just popped right up. I I I I appreciated Herbert afterwards. He was just like, "Look, it just hurt really bad." He's like, "I knew it wasn't." I knew nothing happened. He's like, it just hurt really bad. And I really didn't want that many people out to come like tend to me Yeah, because uh, he's just like, like, come on. Like, I know I'm not injured, but like, we don't need to make it look like a triage unit here, but um, he just got a helmet to the knee, right? Is that? Yeah, it was it, it was a little bit above the knee, like kind of like I think it was just you know like when someone punches you really hard in the quad. Yeah, um, I, I think it was that that a little bit. But, like in junior uh, high when we all did that to each other. Push each other in the legs. Um, yeah, no, God, that, that's, jun- that's, junior that's, high was that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, 
so I, I took it upon myself to like go through the possibilities of this team making the playoffs. And it, it's tough. It, the, the thing that has to happen. So, okay. So Penn State and Ohio State play each other. One of those teams is going to lose. And then you got to hope that whoever wins goes and loses in the Big Ten Championship to, you know, right now it's Minnesota, right? Or it could be Wisconsin, I guess. Um, Clemson doesn't have a conference title game. They're going to win out. No one's going to beat them. So they're in. The winner of LSU Alabama, I think even if that team gets to the championship game and loses to Georgia, that team's still going to get in. I almost guarantee it. And that's the problem. The SEC is going to send two teams. So if the SEC right. sends two and Clemson gets in, that leaves one spot remaining, and you have Ohio State and Penn State battling it out, and you and and like one of those teams is going to win that conference and get in. So you need you need you need Penn State. Ohio State, the loser of that game, to lose the conference championship game to a team not worthy of the playoffs. And that's almost the only way you can get in unless somehow you can get two SEC teams with two losses, two of the three with two losses, which is going to be tough to do. So it's just – it's tough, man. Like they could easily get squeezed out. This this is why – like I'm, I'm a big – I think eight teams would be perfect for the playoffs. Of course. Yeah. That's why I hate talking about this yeah. stuff. It insults my intelligence every day to have to discuss this. <laughs> No, I'm serious. It pisses yeah. me. Like, okay, so Georgia beat Florida, which is a better win than Oregon smashing USC. And what happened in AP poll? Georgia leapfrogged Oregon. That's a complete example of the national perception of Oregon versus Georgia. And 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 I'm I'm not saying it's not fair or right or wrong. It's just is what it is that Georgia's going to get more props than Oregon is. Just when it you know when push comes to shove, and you look at you look at Georgia. I mean. They've they've smoked more people than Oregon has, and Florida was a top ten team when they beat them. So how do you combat that perception across the country unless you have teams with two losses that you can leapfrog? Otherwise, any of these teams has one loss with how their schedule is going to look at the end of the year, they're going to get in over Oregon. Who's uh who's the toughest remaining game on Oregon's schedule? The Ducks. Yeah. Oh Utah, and that's no the other no thing. no. I, I, so here, like, here's the other like, thing. Like to- Getting to Utah, I mean, out, the next three yeah, games? out of like the Arizona, Arizona State, and Oregon State, like w- oh, I think at Arizona yeah. State is the only game that I would have any trepidation about. Yeah. But they have to get a big key is Utah needs to win out. I kind of wrote that Oregon's BFFs are any team playing the top six and Auburn. Auburn's a key too because if Auburn can beat Bama and Bama loses either to LSU or loses the title game then that could eliminate a second team from that conference. So Auburn can play spoiler for Oregon. Um, so Auburn's, Oregon's BFF, you need Utah to win out because you have to have the last, the final optic of you to be to beating be top another 10, top 10 team on a Friday night at 5 o'clock when people on the East Coast will watch it. That will look impressive and at least put you in the discussion. And then you need Auburn to help you out and then someone else to upset one of the other teams. It would be it would be mess. so it would be so insane if Auburn ended up beating Bama, but yet and somehow the Ducks still don't make the playoff, and so they look back and be like, "Man, we we blew it against a team that beat Alabama, and that's the one game that cost us a playoff." Yep, and you lost it in the last seconds. That's uh, man. But see, but here, but here's the thing though. That one, I'm telling you, man, that one loss though. If they're 12 and one, and you look at their lone loss, and it's to Auburn. If Auburn maintains, if Auburn finishes nine and three, does it say they lose to Bama? That's going to look really, really strong. That's going to look way better than some win over. Like people say, you should just play some Patsy and get the easy win. No, I think losing that game is going to look way better than if you played Bowling Green again and smashed them by 40. 
Like I, I think that's gonna be that's gonna play well for them if they're twelve and one and if they beat an eleven and one Utah team. Well, I'll say this: this is fun. I mean, it, it, it's just being. <laughs> I hate it. Have, having the rankings coming out tomorrow and and like actually having a reason to like watch and write about it and, and cover it. Um, I fr- frankly, I, I didn't think that there was a, any chance in hell after you know the firings in twenty sixteen that like this would happen again th- this quickly. And uh, I called it. You know. <laughs> within within two years, dude. My whole narrative in 2016 was this is a super young, banged up team. No matter who the coach is, they're going to win eight or so games in 2017, and then with Herbert and that offensive line, they're going to have a chance to win the conference in uh, 18 and 19, and a chance to make the playoffs. That, and you look at this roster. I, Duck fans don't want to admit this. Probably 13 starters this year recruited under Helfrich, right. and I think another seven or eight under Taggart. Like the foundation was laid. With young cats getting their heads kicked in in 2016, like I believe, like I believed in Winston. Obviously, Die was good. I believed in Cumberlander coming of age at some point. Um, the recruits they had coming in, like Red and Pickett and 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 uh, Giant Johnson the third. Those cats were committed under Helfrich. And then of course that offensive line. And then you had Herbert. Like right. to me, the, the 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 pieces were there. They were just all babies. And the fact that we're in 2019, and a lot of those guys are still around who played in 2016, and then the recruits from that class sort of shows that they were young and they were growing up, and now they've they've blossomed. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can find the Talking Ducks clips and find my articles. I was saying, <laughs> hey, by 2019, this team can contend for contend for the conference title, and uh, and have a shot at making the playoffs. I actually I, I th- believe that. I think my trepidation from it more wasn't so much the fact that, I mean, like we all knew Herbert was talented that year and, and Troy Dye was fantastic in 2016 as a true freshman too. I just thought the, the, at that time it seemed like USC was coming on the way back up and Washington had kind of assertive asserted itself at, cause I mean, 2016 was Washington's playoff year. Uh, I thought just for Oregon's kind of future prospects, whether it be recruiting or whatnot, that they had kind of missed the train because I, I thought Washington was going to be, Kind of a force moving forward, um, but and you're, I mean, the and fact you're not that, wrong, and that's a legitimate thought. Yeah. But one of my arguments was these things go in cycles. Like just because Washington looked unbeatable in 2016 doesn't mean that was going to last. Like it, it's, the things go up and down, and that was one of the things that tripped me out about people freaking out about that 15 and 16 season. It was like things th- th- you're not going to maintain what they did from nine through 13 up until 2088. Like at some point you're going to have a dip and other people are going to rise. And that's what happened. But when you got the quarterback, when you got that dude, who's going to be a first round pick, all bets are off. So then the other teams who are competing with you. They better have that dude too. And everything around them. I believe Oregon would build around Herbert in the next couple of years because they had a lot of young kids on that 2016 team, including four redshirt freshmen who started offensive line. Like it's like that just told me that they were they were going to progress up. But now Herbert's going to be gone, and then do you dip? It depends on Shuck. If Shuck's average, you're going to dip no matter what's around him. If Shuck's good, you're going to maintain. Whereas yeah. other programs, do they have a quarterback? We don't know. This freshman kid from USC, he could be Heisman candidate in two years. That guy's talented, but he's a freshman and he looked like one. So it's just, it's just these things just go like in ways. But everyone wants their program to be in the hunt every single year. And it's just not possible unless you're cheating like Bama. <laughs> did I say that? Did I? Did yeah. I yep. Well, hey, hold on. Did, off did, my soapbox, did your recording sorry. break out there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's 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 get out of here on this. Um, the show the show's Tuesday night. What's what's the thing that you're? Um, what are your ears listening for in, in that? Oh man, I, gotta be honest with you. Yeah. The first ever playoff release in 14 I watched and then 
I don't think I watched them anymore that year until the I did. Very I did end. do weekly things for the Oregonian. I'd have like a site. I had to have like a post up within like 15 minutes. So I had to watch all right. of those things. And oh my God, they were. <laughs> we we did posts, but I I just refused to watch the entire show. Like just get just give me the rankings. So because I, I just I don't like the dog and pony show of all this. It's, it's like I said, it's insulting to my intelligence. It should. We're looking at. I'm looking at a top 10 right now, and I see. At least ten teams worthy of contending for the national title, and you're telling me we're only going to see four. And so they they do that to create all the angst and discussion. They want everyone talking about it, and to me, it just drives me bananas. So I kind of boycott it until the last week because that's all that matters. All this stuff is talk because there's going to be a bunch of games being played. That said, since I covered Oregon with you, I guess I'll pay attention tomorrow. So what I want to see is I want to see if Oregon's within the top. If their ranking reflects the AP, if they're in the top seven, if they have them nine or ten. Woo! Not good. Like Oklahoma's ahead of them, right? Or even Florida, and people say, "Oh, Florida lost to Georgia to keep them ahead of Oregon." Then, or Baylor even undefeated. Then the Oregon's got major problems. But if Oregon's reflective of the AP and they're seven or higher, they got a legit shot. Well, we're getting to that time of the year. Things are getting fun. It's 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 worth uh, standing watching and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, I. I'm ready for uh, the last last stretch stretch of games here. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Pac-12 title game. It'll be fun keeping tabs on Utah. I think uh, I think next week our Utah writer uh, Chris Kamrani uh, either we'll have him on the podcast here or we'll have a, a story uh, on the Athletic, just kind of uh, pinpointing what Oregon fans should be watching about Utah uh, over the next uh, three or four weeks as as we kind of uh, head towards that Pac-12 title game. But uh, um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Once again, this is our, our free show available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can get it. If, if you've enjoyed this, please give us a ranking and a review. And uh, we'll we'll be back on uh, Friday with our uh, subscriber-only episode. Uh, if you want to be a part of our Friday episode and subscribe to The Athletic, you can click the link in our show notes or in your web browser, put in theathletic.com forward slash it never rains, where you can get 40% off a subscription where you can read me, you can read Aaron, you can read Bruce Feldman, Stu Mandel. Anybody you want within the athletics world, we'd love to have you, and we'd love to have you listening on Fridays. Aaron, any last thoughts? Hey, you know, I'm with you. That's It's definitely fascinating. Uh, I just I just would feel bad for Oregon if they get go 12-1 and don't get in. Like, that's that to me is wrong. But at least they'd go to Rose Bowl, right? So that'd be a consolation. But let's hope that uh, let's hope that if they're 12-1, and I'd almost rather them see them go 11-2 and than be 12-1 and, and get okay. squeezed. Let's put it that way. Right on. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be, we'll be back on Friday. <laughs> <laughs>